worst loot ever. Oh my god, that was a total rim job, Codex. She didn't come to my house and do whatever she wants with her finger. What? I cracked the windows. Help me, Codex One. You're my only hope. Women. Can't live with them? They will not go out with me. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. And you're listening to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series The Guild. This is Microcast Lucky 13. Part 2. Welcome to a special edition of Knights of the Guild. It's a microcast. Hey, guildies. We now continue with our Greg Arnowitz interview. We also have awesome voicemails and fan feedback about the Christmas special. So let's continue with the interview. Next question, Jenny. Got it. Uh, Leo Diaz of Geeky Cookies says, Thanks for putting the Codex's staff cookies that we made in the video. With all the sugar that my cookies packed, did it make it difficult to get the kids, who are very cute, by the way, in the video to concentrate on what you needed them to do? <laughs> well, I, first I have to say thank you for sending the cookies, because that was very cool. Um, and... Uh, I, I think they fit in perfectly because the whole thing was, you know, the guild sells out. Like, Felicia just kept coming up with these ideas to add in all these layers of, like, just really pushing it, you know, with the Jinx shirts and, mm-hmm. you know. And um, I, I thought it would be a good idea at the end to put the uh, videos to, so, you know, people would get some entertainment but also be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Maybe I should get one of those. You know? <laughs> um, but the Geeky Cookies – I had seen, uh, I guess, just on, on Twitter, and um, I was like, oh, it would be fun to, you know, plug those guys. And also, it just seemed like, you know, selling out to me is kind of like commercialism, and um, which I'm all for. I'm like a huge commercial whore, by the way, if you guys haven't <laughs> figured that out. you know. But, uh, you know, nothing negative about the whole concept. But um, I feel like that's really – when you start having like food products made in the shape of your <laughs> characters, that's like the height of, you know, being, uh, you know, like a sellout or yeah. commercialized. Yeah. So I thought, um, well, how great would it be to put that in there? And it wasn't so much the kids as it was the crew because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we only had the two dozen cookies and, we had multiple takes of multiple shots where people had to eat the cookies. So we really needed all these fresh cookies. And it was like so hard to get people to not eat the cookies. And then once we found out how damn good they were, it was, you know. Yeah. That was probably like one of the hardest things. I was just the whole time I'm like, please don't eat all the cookies. Did, you, didn't you eat the cookies the next morning? There were like two left. <laughs> there were two left. And yeah, but, but that's really one of the pr- perks of being a director you get to eat the left <laughs> the next morning <laughs> uh, let's see let's ask another question Tonwa asks was that a toy plastic prop hammer to avoid damaging the indestructible work bank no and you know what's funny is I think because uh, I also told Felicia that I wasn't going to read any of the comments like I kind of tend to stay away from that stuff and you know, good or bad, because, you know, I don't want to get, like, a big head from all the good stuff, and I and it really hurts, like, as an artist, when somebody tears into your 
work, you know, yeah. so I usually try and avoid it, but she's like, no, 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 you know, she was sending me some, and, and so I started reading some of them, and that cracked me up, and people were like, oh, look, the kids aren't even really hitting the hammer, and hitting it with the hammer, and um, it's so not true. In the wide shot, uh, Sam has the hammer, and he was just nailing it, yes. Thing. Yeah. And in the close-up, it's actually me doing it, and I was try- I was really hitting it hard, but what I was trying to do is um, I was afraid if I went really fast, you wouldn't see the hammer. Mm-hmm. So I would, like, hit it and let it kind of, you know, bounce on there for a second and then pull it back. So I can kind of see where people think, like, maybe it was all – but we were – we were nailing that. Well, thing. I have I have footage of Sam actually breaking the indestructible work bank. <laughs> Did he break it? Oh, he, he chipped. He, the he chipped. Corner. Yeah, he chipped one of them. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he chipped the corner. Yeah. Um. No, the the I made four banks. One was um, a solid urethane called sixteen thirty, which is like an aluminum filled. Super dense, super heavy urethane, mm-hmm. and, and um, I made that for the car to drive over because I figured it wouldn't break. But the problem is, it weighs about eighteen pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like a like a weight, you know, like a like a uh, boat anchor. Um, so I knew the kids wouldn't be able to handle that. So then I made like the actual prop, which is hollow, and that's also fiberglass, so that the coins can go in. And what's funny about that is. The coins really went in and then really wouldn't come out. So <laughs> when when Sam's turning the bank around in his hand, we had all this noise that we couldn't get. And I was trying to shake the coins out, and I couldn't get them out. So it was like kind of – I couldn't – he couldn't move the bank and do dialogue at the same time, which was kind of annoying. So I didn't really think about that. Um, and then I made another one that was a, um, a more uh, plasticky urethane that I figured would be able to take the impact of the door and the hammer. Yeah. And, uh, but it's a little softer. So yeah, like the ears and stuff would chip. The main thing I was worried about was the paint job. Cause I figured even if we did hit it lightly with the hammer and you know, I, I was worried that the paint might scratch. So if I only had one prop, you'd always be able to tell like, you know, that the tire drove over it or that the hammer hit it or, yeah. but yeah. I was actually more worried about, um, the boys with the hammer, I was worried they were going to hit each other. <laughs> they really were doing it hard. So that would be that would be a story. Oh, and then they turn the <laughs> hammers on each other. <laughs> uh, Jim Miller asks: Were there any other product ideas considered but rejected? If so, what were they, and why were they rejected? That's funny. See, I knew someone was going to ask a question. That's why I was. Yeah, well, we already said the, um, you know, the uh, personal massager mm-hmm. or uh, the Zabu. Yeah, and then um, at one point we were thinking about the possibility of a um, uh, like a punching dummy for um, for Vork, but the bank seems to be a much funnier idea, and then um, Codex had the most. I think changes because, you know, Felicia was thinking a lot about it and, and came up with a bunch of funny ideas. Um, and uh, one of them was with the action figure, having kind of like a non-action figure 
because mm-hmm. her concern with the action figure was that Codex really doesn't do anything, you know. <laughs> so we were trying to come up with like the insecure figure, or um, you know, therapist not included. Oh, we're about to get attacked by. I hear the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> they finally figured out where I was. Um. Uh, so there was, you know, a bunch of ideas, and she came up with the magic eight ball idea, and I was like, you know, that's really funny. But one of the, oh, can you guys hear that? Uh huh. The snorting. Oh, of course, it's your, your little puppies. Hey, I've got my cat running around here. I finally had to kick her out because she was yelling. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. These guys might need to be kicked out. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the main things I wanted was that you know, where every product was a, an actual created product. I didn't want to do like, um, like the guild lunchbox and just get a lunchbox and glue like a photo on it, you know, mm-hmm. cause you know, I, I wanted the fans to really be able to see something that couldn't just be thrown together. Yeah. You know? It's unique to the um, guild. Yeah. And so I thought that magic eight ball was really funny, but, um, I was like, well, I don't want to just like put pictures on eight ball or something. So I came up with the idea of like combining it with like a speak and spell so that I could still do the sculptural portrait of Felicia. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so there was a few different ones, but for the most part, you know, I think the one that actually, and when I, when I first pitched the idea to Felicia, I was like, you know, I hate when, uh, you're working on a show or something and then all your friends come over and they're like, Hey, you know, it'd be funny. And you know, it's like, cause some of the ideas will be great and you want to incorporate them, but then there's always like all these entanglements and, and, or it's like you have your idea and you're just trying to focus on it and people are just, you know, yeah, buzzing all around your head. <laughs> and so I told her, I said, listen, if you don't want me to pitch anything, then just tell me, but I have this idea. I think it's funny. And I could tell she was kind of like, uh, I guess you can tell it to me. But <laughs> when I said about the uh, the Clara, you know, cookie jar, yeah, she bust up laughing. I think that was the one that right off the bat just really, really sold her on it. So, so cool. we're, you know, we're kind of like half and half. Half were the original ideas they came, and half developed. But cool. Well, uh, Tonewa asks, uh, if you can, please tell us how you got all the fabulous cameo castings, um, and where did all the kids come from? Um, Well, the cameos. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the cameos, again, looking at the comments, it's um, it's just kind of funny because you're like, wow, you know, I live a spoiled life because you forget that – you know, I mean, basically, those guys are all my friends. Yes. You know? And um, I mean, I totally respect them as, you know, the famous actors that they are. But for the most part, you, you always think about them as, as your buddies and, you know. And um, so it just kind of cracks me up when I see all all the comments like, how did they ever get them to come? And it's like, wow, you know, I got to really, you know, it makes me more thankful and more appreciative of them. uh Coming, not that I wasn't already, but he, but this extra layer of um, you know just gratitude because it, I did it because I thought the fans would think it's funny and enjoy it, but it seems to also have elevated like uh, some respect, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is kind of cool. But um, no, m- for the most part, um, 
you know, if you like do like an IMDb, you know, cross reference or however that thing works where you like type people's names and you'll just see that at different points in my career, I've worked with all those guys on different things. And, um, you know, I, I knew that they were doing projects that had the same fan base as the guild. So I thought, again, you know, how funny would it be to really stick with this concept of the guild sells out and have you know, cast that was from other shows. Because again, what's like to, to parody the concept of selling out being a bad thing? Like, what's the worst thing that can happen when your favorite thing sells out? It's like they replace people with other. You know, it's like oh, it has to be a name. You yeah. Know? It's like, yeah. You know, they take your favorite comic book character and they make it some famous actor who doesn't even fit the part, but it's just because he's a famous actor. Or she's a famous actor and. So I thought, oh, how funny it would be just to make this like a network television kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Bria, uh, one of her first jobs was actually on a movie that I made. Um, and, you know, she, I'm like so incredibly proud of her because um, I just remember when we were auditioning and um, she came in and it was one of things she just walked into the room and i was like that she's gonna be a star that person is a star and so i cast her i actually changed a part so that she would fit the casting just because i wanted her in the movie so like a year later i was at a friend's house and they turned on tv because i hardly ever watched tv and heroes was on and there's bria and i was like i knew it you know so that was like (laughs) really cool so and she's a huge fan of the show you know, of the guild. So she was thrilled to be there. And, and then, um, you know, it's funny to see everybody freaking out about, uh, Ando, which, mm-hmm. you know, funny, not in that they shouldn't, but in funny in that, um, again, you know, just my buddy James. And, um, I actually originally didn't call him because I knew he was busy, but I went to a Christmas party after we were done filming and he's like, oh, we got to work on a project again together because he was in a movie that I did last year. And um, I was like, you know, I was going to call you for this thing, but, you know, I, I didn't. I filled up all the cameos and, and and I told him what it was. And he's like, oh, I so want to do that. And he goes, what about this weekend if I come by? And so I actually added that bit in where he's in the car. Um, and I think that's one of the funniest parts mm-hmm. of the whole show to me and that was all improv because uh he he came by he said at the christmas party that he wanted to be in it so i said you know i think there's one place because i have this tire driving over the uh the bank i'll just show the car and then you can get out of the car um but he was uh late (laughs) (laughs) which anyone who knows james knows that that that's not uncommon um but he ended up coming right when Jeff came by to do his ADR and I said hey do you guys mind can I put you both in the car and I'll just like write something really fast for you to say and and so that was totally improv and I think it's one of the craziest parts of the whole whole thing so So great and then the kids um are from uh my friend America who's also in the show and does the uh two of the voiceovers um she directed a play and i went to see the play and i saw all those kids in it and this was pretty much right when i was 
thinking about maybe asking Felicia if she wanted to do this. And it was one of the things that put me over the edge because I said, oh, these kids would be perfect for this kind of commercial, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that was one of the first questions she asked me when I said that I wanted to do it. She's like, well, what about, like, where would we get the kids? And I said, oh, I totally know. So they, they all came from the same plays. Mm-hmm. From this this one play called Fairy Tales um, that was done in North Hollywood. And... Um, yeah, it was really cool. America helped out a lot on the commercials, and she um, she's a whiz at, uh, at casting. She actually has a, a web series right now called um, Damsels and Dragons. Ooh, sounds cool. And um, yeah, you can check it out at um, uh, LarpingKingdoms.com. And um, actually, I, I did the logo for it too, so it's all kind of connected. And actually, there's a um, in the Vork Bank commercial, there's a castle in the background, like a toy castle. And uh, that was actually a gift I had made for America. And if you watch uh, Damsels and Dragons, you'll see the castle in there, too. So the castle is kind of creating its own viral <laughs> <That's> thing. <awesome. laughs> we'll awesome. have to put that in our show notes. So yeah, definitely. I'll put, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Awesome. And, just to let, and just to let fans know, Greg is actually in the Zabu episode. If you don't know that, he's one of the, he's actually in front of me, standing in front of me, and America's actually in front of him. So yes. you can see both of them in that episode. He's like Orson Welles. He has to, you know, or Alfred Hitchcock, who did like cameos. So he got, <laughs> yeah. got himself. Yeah, actually, like Orson Welles. I actually, usually, <laughs> actually usually, usually try and avoid it, but uh, it seems like on the web stuff, mm-hmm. it's just kind of fun. And, um, yeah. Kind of what you do. <laughs> yeah. It's like every web series I've worked on, there's always a moment where, like, Jenny, just jump in there. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, if you were here, you would have been in there because that's kind of how it was. We, you know, we were skeleton crew, and you know, we're throwing everybody in there. And yeah, you know, Kenny's cameo in the line. <laughs> yes, I'm in two lines. <laughs> Leader of the pervs. <laughs> that totally yeah. cracks me up. Yes. <laughs> He's doing a little have... happy dance. I was doing a happy dance. So then in the Zabu spray, we also have uh, Ali Baguette. And uh, I see a lot of comments. People are talking about Ali and how did we get Ali. And um, Ali is, uh, number one, is not a stripper. I saw a bunch <laughs> of that. They're like, she's a stripper. She's not a stripper. She oh. is uh, far from it. She was actually Playboy's lingerie model of the millennium. Which is, wow. Uh, yeah. It's like that's big. You know, it is, and, and and I guess how that works is like the playmates of the month and of the year. I think those are all picked by Hugh Hefner. But the the um, the special titles like uh, like lingerie model of the year are fan based. So she got the most votes, and for I think it was four years in a row. Wow! And the fifth year, which was uh, the year two thousand. They just declared her like for because she was the also the only one who won like that many. She just years. kept winning, yeah. So just yeah. So they so they make a new like title a for her. Title. <laughs> um, and again, you know, it just felt like how cool is that as part of the selling out to not just have like models, but to have like the you know Playboy model of Top the model, movie, yeah. You know? Yeah. But Allie and I um, did a bunch of stuff together. We did a comic book together called Alley Cat that uh, went for years and. You know, you can check that out. 
and would uh, do these photo covers and then all this artwork. And mm-hmm. So that was fun. It was fun Very to work cool. with her again. Cool. And then, um, uh, you know, for sure, someone who's always popping up in all my projects in the uh, Clara uh, Mommy and Me cookie jar yeah. is Monica May. And um, I'm sure Just a lot of the fans out the there. The Yellow Ranger. Yeah, Yellow Power Ranger. I found out. Yeah, it was all exciting because I was uh, videotaping her doing Tink's makeup. Right, and I found, and I was talking to her as I'm videotaping it, and she told me she was. Cause I'm like, you know, how'd you get into this, and blah blah blah. And she's like, oh yeah, I was a yellow yellow ranger, and I'm like, oh, you were a yellow power ranger. It was just so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for SPD, the season that I uh, executive produced, um, Monica was played Z, the yellow ranger, and um, we just became you know really good friends and. She just is always in my project. She was in Labu, mm-hmm. and I did a movie called Battle Planet that she's actually the star of. And it's just funny to me that she's also, you know, an amazing makeup artist, and and uh, um, she cuts hair and has a salon and on Melrose called Sweet Nine. If you guys want to go have your hair cut by a, uh, you know, or hair did because she's a you know beautician, yeah, um, yeah, by a Power Ranger, go to Sweet Nine. That's on Melrose. awesome. But. Um, <laughs> In in Battle Planet, she's in full prosthetic makeup. She's like an alien, and she you know loves learned so much about that and loved doing it. So I thought it was cool that she ended up doing you know Tink's ears and and Kevin's ears as the elf. So mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, that's how I like to have my projects and said is like it's just a family and everybody does little bits of everything and. You know, everyone, well, that's what's great. I mean, all their extra talents. Yeah, come out, you yeah. Know? You surround yourself with all these people, and and because it's you know you do the lower budget things, people have to be multitask. They have to be able to do multiple things, which is great experience. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I find because when I'm when I work on the big movies, like it can be so boring just sitting mm-hmm. around. Like you get, you know, sure you get paid and and, and they're cool projects, but you get brought in. And I mean, even I'm sure when you talk to Felicia and all those guys about acting, like they go onto, you know, working on the guild. It's like all day you're just you're running around, you're doing this, you're in this scene, you're helping this person. And then you go and do some big network television show, and you just sit there for and wait. eight hours. Yep, sit in your trailer, wait. and then yeah, and and right when you're just like at the breaking point. Suddenly they're like, okay, we need you, you know, be peppy. And you're like, oh, my God, like, I'm stir crazy right now. And it's the same being in the art department or, yeah. you know, or, or any kind of project where you're a piece of something. So it, it's so much more fun to work on these little projects where everybody is multitasking and keeping busy and having input. And mm-hmm. It just makes it so much more exciting. That's awesome. Well, speaking of comments, people are wondering where you got your DeLorean. Because <laughs> I keep telling people it's yours, and I don't think they believe me. I know. It's funny because even the way you phrased it, like, where would you get your DeLorean? <laughs> well, it, 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 that's the thing. It is my DeLorean. And again, it's just another one of those things where you don't really think about it. I mean, it is a DeLorean, so it's, like, totally cool. Every time I step out into my driveway, I'm like, wow, I have a DeLorean. <laughs> Um, but it, it's still, it's my car. So it's always funny to then see all the, all the comments or like people freaking out, like, where'd that thing come from? Like, <laughs> it's my car. Now, how long, you haven't car. had it since Back to the Future, have you? No, 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 no. Okay. But I've wanted it since Back to the Future, <laughs> you know? And it's one of those things where it's like, like we talked about 
with the R2-D2 and C-3PO. Yeah, like, one of those toys. I, I look at that and I'm like, it's so beyond just being like the super geek collector. It also makes me think of like that movie just stirs something inside of me mm-hmm. that is like, you know, it's just great American cinema. And it's nice to have a, like a little piece of that. But at the same time, it constantly reminds me like that's my goal. That's what I'm after. Is yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something for people that – gets as much of a stir as a DeLorean, but also the whole story of DeLorean with the great American dream and how he messed it up. And <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like that, yeah. that even the greatest can fall, but yet somehow as much of a disaster as that was, he still created this thing that is a one of a kind icon. And yeah, you know, it, yeah. I, I just feel like more than collecting random stuff. Now I try and collect the things that inspire me to, you know, reach your goal. Reach those goals and live up to those icons. Yeah. And what's cool about this one it's is just super it's, cool. It's functional, also. I mean, it, it is a vehicle. I mean, you drive it. No, I totally drive it, and uh, yeah, I have. You know, I, I think uh, a friend of mine, actually, uh, Tori Mel, he used to have a DeLorean, and he was the AD on the on the um, Guild specials, mm-hmm. and he joked. He said, "Everybody who owns a DeLorean has to have." a license plate that makes some <laughs> reference to back to the future. <laughs> so, you know, I have my crazy license plate and, um, uh, but it's also, I think like if I had spent the money and bought like a, a used Ferrari or a used mm-hmm. Porsche, then I'd be like that jerk, like in a midlife crisis. <laughs> who has, but you know what I mean? Like if people would be like, yeah, you think you're cool because you have that car. This car gets a the totally different. Like, I pull up to places and people are like, "Oh, can we take photos?" And, yeah, and yeah. you know, and everyone, you know, I'll be just driving along the freeway and they'll people see like this car takes. out of my peripheral vision, like <laughs> pulling up next to me, and and I'll look up and they'll be like thumbs up, like that's so cool. That's you awesome. Know? So it's definitely a different kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it makes me smile. Very cool. So, and originally in that segment. Um, we have a like a monster truck here too, you know, and I was going to have them in a monster truck because it made more sense that they'd be trying to crush it. Mm-hmm. But uh, James was like, oh, can I can I be driving the DeLorean? I really want to drive the DeLorean. So and it's funny because, again, totally just improv out of the spur of the moment. But you see all these comments of people going, oh, we totally get it. You know, Ando is in the a time traveler. Hero, time yeah. Traveler. And it's like. Oh yeah, totally. It's like, I no, totally we, meant to do that. Yeah, <laughs> it was just purely coincidence. There was I have a DeLorean. He wanted to drive the DeLorean, and it was just funny that everyone. Because to me, again, it seemed like you know celebrity and Vork driving around in like this classic <laughs> car. It just seemed more of like a money. Yeah, like you know, like we're big shots than it. You know, yeah. this monster yeah, yeah, truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it all just fell into place. But but also, again, I love the fact that there's all these things that just happen that people like connect these dots and it just grows into this bigger, yeah, you know, fun fan fest. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Why don't you ask him the final question? Great. Uh, Marcus wants to know if there is a Holy grail for prop makers, such as a lightsaber or a bond gadget. Wow. Um, you mean, um, Hmm. In terms of something to own in general? I think maybe to create. Oh, to create. Yeah. Um, Is there like something I mean, that you wish you would have created that you see that's just an awesome holy, you know, awesome prop? Yeah. I've, well, 
if you know me, uh, the answer would be like uh, all of it. <laughs> you know, I just I wish I could create everything. You know, um, yeah. I mean, in terms of things that if I wish I could have done, then yeah, anything from the original Star Wars series. You know, I mean, um, like a, a lightsaber, R two D two. I mean, I I think R two D two and and C three PO are. I guess R2 is a prop and 3PO is a costume, but um, anytime that somebody's created something that is obviously artificial, but can just basically bond itself with pop culture, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that's really what it's all about in the end. I, you know, I have an, an R2 and a 3PO and um you know, as geeky as people may think, it's they're kind of like they are my holy grail. Like the the concept of them is the holy grail because you know what I would love in my career more than anything is to at some point create something that for generations people you'll be just, iconic. Yeah, yeah, just just you know love it and just want to have it and just. You know, there's just something about, I mean, I call the whole Lucas thing is like, you know, nerd crack, you know, because <laughs> I keep telling myself like, you know, I've grown up and I've grown past it and I don't need to spend more money on more Darth Vader action figures. Or, but I see it across the room. Like if I'm at Target or something, I'll just, you know, hear like the R2 whistle or just see like, you know, the last S covered up, in, you know, from Star Wars, like cover. And I'm like, oh, what is that? And, you know, it's like, you know, the new improved Millennium Falcon, which is the exact same Millennium Falcon. They just put new stickers on it, but I have to spend the $200 because you just love it so much. And it just makes me feel not so much like a kid, but just that whole like freedom of being able to have that fantasy that anything is possible and, you know, that's really in the end what entertainment. I totally right? understand oh. you, Greg. Yes, <laughs> I'm just like that. Yeah, and again, that's why I really love working on the guild stuff because I feel like it's it's breaking new ground. You know, the whole, you know, what what Kim and Felicia is doing, what you guys are doing with the mm -hmm. podcast. And, you know, I I think, I mean, I've been on the comic book, you know, convention circuit for a really really long time, and. Even five years ago, it was pretty isolated. Like, if you showed up, you're pretty much like a geek. And it was cool to be geeks with each other. But outside of that, people just looked at you like you were weird. But it seems like now it's just growing into this thing where, you know, now it's finally cool to be that person. And, and um, you know, I think things like the Guild are what are breaking down those boundaries and making it more socially acceptable Mm -hmm. You know, the yeah. whole concept of yeah. like what Felicia's saying with the women that play video games. I mean, it's I never knew of it. You know, it's like mm -hmm. it just was something like, I don't know. And now it's like all, all these people, these, you know, supermodels and everybody like, oh, I just spent, you know, all night playing Halo. And you're like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> you know, so it's just kind of changing the, the world. And, um, you know, but I think at the end for the artist, what that Holy Grail is, is being able to create something that, yeah, becomes an icon in that culture. So yeah. All right. That's well, what we're trying to do. Awesome. Well, before we leave, are you working on anything? Do you want to plug anything? <laughs> yeah. What well, are you I working to... on now? 
I have to plug uh, Laboo. Again, check it out for sure. We'll have links. LaboomDVD.com. Yeah. And then uh, my blog, which is for the next couple of weeks is all going to be about the guild and how I made the props. I can't wait for and that. And what I want everyone to keep in mind when they're checking it out is like, you know, if you want to make your own Vork Bank or, or your own Blades Knife, like that's totally cool. But what I'm really trying to do with it is, you know, show examples that, that you guys recognize, but the processes can be used to do whatever you want. Like what I'd love to see is just original creations using these methods, but, you know, make some cool new characters that, uh, you know, will maybe become the icon that everyone is into. <laughs> so, And where can they read your blog? Uh, you know better than I do. Barnyardeffects.blogspot.com. I'll have a link in the show notes also. Yeah. I always mess that up when I say it or tweet it. I'm always having to correct my tweets because I leave something out. If anybody wants to make a Jenny doll, uh, that's totally acceptable. I'm just saying, <laughs> just throwing that out there. I always said I wanted an action figure of myself. I think that would be funny. Uh, a Jenny doll riding a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, well, Greg. We really appreciate you hanging out with us. That was a pretty long interview, and it was always fun to have great you information. On the show. Oh, it's always fun to be on the show. I'm glad that you're enjoying it from your space shuttle, Jenny. Or wherever <laughs> <you are. laughs> I know, right? I have no idea what's going on. This is what. Yeah, when I get sick, I just shoot myself into space. Yeah, you're, you're hanging up there with David Bowie or something. But, but uh, no, it was awesome, and I'm so glad that people dig them. And um, I just really hope that uh, there'll be reason for me to come back um, again in the future. Let's hope. Thanks, Greg. Cue theme music. <laughs> All right. Once again, I'd like to thank Greg. That was a fantastic interview. Lots of fun. Hopefully you guys really enjoyed it. Uh, really informative. Lots of cool information. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I want to make props now. I know. I've always wanted to do that. So every time I go over there, I'm always envious. He, he, he just has a talent. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's something innate. You know, it's not, it's something I guess you could learn, but he just, it's, it's incredible watching him work. I mean, he he's even said that like he didn't he was never formally trained. Yeah, yeah. he didn't go to school. Yep. Was this something that he had a national natural affinity for? Yeah. And it's he is incredible. that type of person that can you know learn as he goes, which is yeah. amazing. Which is really awesome. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have some listener feedback. Yep, we wanted to know what you ha- thought about the selling out. Yep. <laughs> So why don't we have we have a few audio comments, so why don't we take a listen to those first? So take it away, guys. Hi, Kenny and Jenny. This is Alan the Penguin Guy with my thoughts on the Guild Christmas special. You know, between Date My Avatar, the Halloween special, and Felicia being so incredibly busy, it didn't seem like a guildy Christmas was in the cards. But enter the multi-talented Greg Aranowitz, who apparently was the driving force behind this ambitious project, and Christmas is saved! I really enjoyed all the vignettes, and the way they were put together was very nicely done. I especially loved the attention to detail, like the six Avatar stockings hanging over the fireplace. You've also got all these great and unexpected cameos by a bunch of mainstream actors, whose names I didn't bother to look up when recording this. Then there's my favorite part, the conga line of hot, sexy ladies. Plus Kim Evie. 
who's a super hot sexy lady. And I see that Kenny got some screen time too. Go Kenny! And I'm glad everyone remembered to keep the water bottles away from Sean Becker, who appeared to be very well behaved. Antipsychotics, FTW. So, this is Alan the Penguin Guy, and that's how I saw it. P.S. Here's wishing everyone a gildelicious Christmas full of cookies, love, and herring. Mmm, herring. Night to the Guild. Actually, I thought the Guild Xmas stuff was awesome. I enjoyed the six fake items. Too bad we don't have them for real, but then, of course, I remember years back when I made Laura Palmer dolls, so I know how much fun it can be to make fake merchandise. Um, let's see, I think my child actually, I actually want the Vort Bank just for the hell of it. But anyway, um, in Texas, we did love it, and it was adorable. And no, they're not sellouts. Bye. Hey, Kenny and Jenny, this is Tarsius. I know it's Probably kind of late, but I was wanting to leave a comment for the Christmas special y'all did. That was pretty, it was funny, put it that way. I was really surprised on how they put in the six little screens you could click on in YouTube. I wasn't aware you could embed it like that, but probably the Blaze one, I guess. That was the funniest one. Uh, being from the South, it's always kind of funny when people tend to poke at that, so I found that one especially entertaining. Then probably next favorite would be the Tink one uh, with you, Kenny, just waiting in line. Um, that big smile like, yep, going to get me a life-size Tink doll. That's probably the loudest I've laughed like in anything with the three seasons of the Guild. And that was just absolutely hilarious. That and the Vork one was pretty good, too. So, in other words, it's I was pretty pleased with that. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for sending those in. You know how much I love audio comments. Yeah, Kenny's kind of obsessed with audio I comments. I am. Just a little bit. He can bit. never have enough. Just a he little bit. He can never So have I really enough. appreciate uh, you taking the time and, and actually leaving us comments, which are fantastic. Uh, we also have some written comments, which we also enjoy. I'm not, you know, saying anything bad about the written comments. You love the written comments just as much. I do. I just it's don't like, like reading them. But you know, you don't have a favorite kid. You love them both. That's right. They're all. They're, we love them equally. <laughs> so we're going to start uh, uh, some of those. So uh, here we go. This one is from Darth Angelus, also known as Damien. Uh, he writes. This was actually one from his live journal that I copied. He gave me permission to copy it. So this is what he wrote in his live journal blog. While I was away, Felicia Day was kind enough to invite me to the location where that video was being filmed. Not only that, but I'm actually in it. Sixth guy in line for the life-size Tink Doll. It was my first time being part of a professional film shoot, so I found it very interesting to see how things were done. There was a really fun and friendly atmosphere. It seemed like everyone was enjoying themselves, even though it was early on a Sunday morning. It was good being able to meet up with Felicia again, and for the first time, Amy, Sean, and Kim Evie, and the rest of the crew after watching the show for so long. Bria Grant and David Blue were also there, and they were both fun to meet and chat to. At one point, they got a hold of my camera, and I later found some fun and random photos they had taken. Well, that's funny. I didn't know that. Uh, it's not often I get asked to be part of production of a show, 
I enjoy, so I'm glad I had the chance. Yeah, he was a really nice guy. I met him because uh, obviously I was in that in that Tink piece also. Uh, but he was he was a really cool dude. And it was just – it's fun when you can get a fan to be part of the show. I know. So that's that, so awesome. Yeah, I, as I soon as you buddy, started reading that, I was like, wait, what? He was there? Yeah, I loved Yeah, Angeles. I had my buddy uh, Christopher and Will, who you know. Oh, Will needed, was there. He, yeah, Will was in that episode also. He needed to be – they needed some extra guys in line. And my buddy Christopher wanted to do uh, season two extra work yeah i remember yeah but it was too late and it didn't work out and then we tried in season three and again it was too it just logistics wasn't working so this one as soon as i found out they needed somebody i called him up and he's like i'll do it and we had it was so much fun so That's yeah so and then i called will too you know he's a pro he does all of our little extra stuff oh i call will all the time <laughs> yeah yeah so that was that was a lot of fun all right you got next one jenny i do okay what a great Xmas special. I especially love the guest appearance of the Codex's staff cookies that we make here at geekycookies.com. This is from Leo of Geeky yeah. Cookies. Um, sideways, smiley face, the big one with the capital D. <laughs> In the Clara cookie jar ad, I was so excited to see them on the screen that I had to watch it a few more times. The little girl at the end of the video just made me smile as she took a bite of it and did a sugar-induced spin. I can imagine the sugar rush those kids were getting from those cookies. Overall, I thought the videos were awesome sauce. I would totally buy all of them if they went up for sale. It was great to see all the guest stars like Brea Grant and James Kyson Lee from Heroes and, of course, Kenny! That was a lot of fun, and I hope there are more Guild episodes to come. Greg Aronowitz really did a great job. Thanks for getting us to actually be a part of a Guild video and and for all the support you've given us at geekycookies.com in the past. I can't thank you guys enough. I can only hope to return the kindness you've shown us. Thanks again. Leo of geekycookies.com. Sideways, smiley face. Yay, Leo. Yay. We really we appreciate everything you've done for us, so we're happy to reciprocate the favors. And as soon as they did a cookie jar and Greg emails me and, and he's like, or he texted me, he's like, we need to get some geeky cookies. I'm like, okay, I can get them. No problem. I know exactly where to go. I'm on it. I'm on it, boss. Yeah. And let me, let my, let my people call your people. <laughs> Kenny, like Greg said, they were, they were such a success on set. Yeah. You know? Oh, I bet. Yeah. They were, they, uh, oh Yeah. I even got some really cool pictures of Felicia with them, which is I sent to Leo, and he's posted on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That must so, have made him so happy. Yes, yes. It That's was great. great. Very cool. Next up, we have an email from David Mello. He writes, for a minute there, I actually thought these were real products. Imagine my disappointment that this was just a sneaky way to get you to buy the first two seasons of The Guild on DVD. I thought watching season three would do that. That being said, I say my favorites are the Zabu Pheromone Spray and the Tinker Bala Doll. The Vork Bank was, well, unusual, especially how it recreated his head. I think the Blade's Blade may appeal to Ted Nugent and the Codex Answer Orb to federal lawmakers who are too scared to make a decision without making someone mad. The Clara Cookie Jar slash Keg was, well, a bit disturbing. One more thing. Anyone notice the Felicia was wearing the Axis of Anarchy t-shirt in the intro? Aside from that, it's a reminder of how Season 3 ended. Is this a possible story arc for Season 4 once that's confirmed? 
Hmm. What is that? Sneaky. Nah. <laughs> is that how you say that? N A A A. There's lots of A's and lots of nah. H's. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Will Wheaton is seen wearing a Knights of Good shirt, that is. Anyways, mm-hmm. have a happy holiday season, guys. And like I said, from David Mello. Thanks, Thanks David. David. And you know what? It's funny when because Felicia just picked that shirt randomly. The Axis of Anarchy. She did not. And I did. Told she really her, just pick it randomly? Well, I mean, she was. You know, they they were picking. We were all wearing guild shirts whenever right. we were on, on yes. screen. They were all. And she picked the Axis of Anarchy. And then I'm like, oh, the fans are going to talk if you wear that. Yeah. You know, no, I think so, that's good though. I'm sure get she them did talking. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure there was a little bit of. You know, pre-thought into it. She's it's an awesome shirt. It. It's one of my favorite shirts. It's the a, oh, it's a beautiful shirt. shirt. Yeah. I love that shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I got one of them. I'm so excited. All right, let's go. With, this is going to be our last uh, comment. Here we go. Oh, I like how they... Uh, Isn't it great? They put <laughs> our names. Uh, Ken Jenny. So they just merged them together into one. The one word. Oh, gosh, we're like one of those crazy couples, like Brangelina. Oh, like Brangelina. Oh, oh no. <laughs> What's going on? Our significant others won't like that. <laughs> okay, Ken Jenny, I totally enjoyed the Guild Sells Out miniseries. First, it was a welcome antidote to the malady known as Guild Deficiency Syndrome. And though they were ultimately ads for this season one, season two DVD, the creativity, self-effacing humor, and effort that went into them made them loads of fun to watch. Why shouldn't people be reminded that the DVDs would make a good gift? But instead of simply tweeting marketing notices repeatedly or making a straightforward commercial, they made it a lot of fun, put in a lot of thought and effort creating the fake toys, dolls, and products, and the funny written commentary explaining how they had all been recalled, crammed the ads with cool cameos, cast some funny kids, and perfectly cast some creepy dude for the front of the line for the life-size tink doll. Oh, was that someone we know? Oops, tell them I was just kidding. <laughs> so they so they were ads, but they were also funny mini-guild stories with all the products in character. For instance, the Codex Pearls of Advice were almost as funny as the Sid webcams, with some really funny in-character lines. Unless the guild has something planned for President's Day, I guess we now only have have the Knights of the Guild to carry on between now and the season three DVD. Good luck and happy holidays, Tonewa. Thank you so much for that. That, that was, was awesome. awesome. That's yes. a gr- that's a well, very well written comment. And, and, and but it's, it's, it's exactly what they did. I mean, they wanted to sell you know season three or mm-hmm. season two DVDs, but they did it in a a cool way. And I don't think that was their intention when they made this because I think when I was talking to Greg previously he said that yeah. that was just kind of an afterthought it's like oh we might as well throw in the little ads for you know season three or season two yeah yeah DVD. so but thank you thank you guys for the voicemails and for the comments um hopefully you guys really enjoyed the christmas special i know i did and i'm gonna go watch it again and again yes yes please <laughs> please push up those youtube numbers vote for yeah. it do whatever you can for it. it's awesome so uh, I think that's going to do it, Jenny. That is. We are done. So uh, we will talk to you guys later. See you uh, at the next one. Late, yeah, the next one. If there is a next one. Oh, don't say that, Kenny. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> Knights of the Guild is yoked with the Geekerdome Network. 
find more geeky things at geekerdome.com. The podcast you are listening to is a part of the Between the Lines Studios Network. To find more great podcasts, please visit www.betweenthelinesstudios.com. We all love the Buffyverse, and it means something to each of us. It was a show about people. I identified with Xander, of course. Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land explores the things we love best in the Buffyverse, from the perspective of the everyday fan. Check out our discussions on characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point. So, like, Selfish Willow is worse when things start going wrong. Check out Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land. You can find Upside Down and Halfway to Happy Land on iTunes. Or you can check out the website at www.upsidedownhappyland.com. Hi, Guildies. My name is Megan Lynch. And I'm a, well, I'm a lot of things, but I'm a singer. And I'd like to invite you to listen to my album, Songs the Brothers Warner Taught Me. Do you remember hearing Bug sing? Someone's rocking my dream Or Beaky Buzzard singing? My mama done told me, bring home something for dinner. Or Owl Jolson singing? I love to sing about the moon and the juna and the springer. And wonder how the rest of the song went? Well, I did anyway. And I've performed 12 of them in their entirety with some great musicians who performed with the Cheap Suit Serenaders and Janet Klein and her Parlor Boys, among other bands. I think you'll really enjoy it. You can stream it for free or buy it for download on meganlynch.bandcamp.com. And that's M-E-G-A-N-L-Y-N-C-H. It'll soon be available for purchase via CD Baby, iTunes, and Amazon. So check out Songs the Brothers Warner Taught Me by Megan Lynch. I think you'll get a kick out of it. I was born a singing fool, a la-di-da. Oh, Major Bose is gonna spot me. Got through yell with fool, a fool, a la-di-da. Oh, microphones got me. I love to sing, I love to wake up with the south in my mouth. I wave a flagger with a cheer for Uncle Sammy and another former mammy. I love to sing. Knights of the Guild has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivative works, 3.0 United States license, all rights reserved.